really warm welcome to the teaching ministry of New Life Church Crawley. We're a multicultural, intergenerational church. We believe in the gospel of Christ. We believe in spreading his love through his word and through his works. We really hope that you enjoy what you hear today. We'd love for you to connect with us via the usual social media outlets, such as Facebook or on our website. prayers of blessing uh, over uh, the children. Uh, so the kids are going to do that as well. And as adults, you'll have a chance to do that before you leave. So that's great, isn't it? We are decorating plant pots because we grow in God. We, we've got a word search and coloring for you to do while you're waiting for your seed. Excellent. So did everyone get that? Kids, did you get that? You're going to be coloring in the plant pot and it represents how we're growing in God. We're going to pray and then we're going to turn to God's word together. Father, we thank you that we can come and we can celebrate life together. We can celebrate who you are. Oh Lord, we want to focus on you this morning. We want to focus on what you want to speak into our life. So we pray that even before we hear the word this morning, that we will make the decision to respond and obey. That we will bring ourselves under the authority of your word, ready to change ready to allow you to bring the transformation that you want in our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So it is our special dedication service that Kerry's going to lead us with in a few minutes. But any of you who've been around children for any length of time know that children end up teaching us valuable lessons in life, don't they? There's even a proverb for it, out of the mouths of babes. So we know children can teach us a lot and learn. And it's one of the shifts that the disciples actually had to make in their thinking because in the time of Jesus, just quietly kids, it's okay. During the time of Jesus, the children were seen as insignificant. Children were seen as irrelevant. And I certainly grew up with the attitude uh, that was told to me, children should be seen and not heard. You ever heard that? Well, it was even worse in Jesus' time. So when Jesus comes and he finds out the disciples are shooing away the kids, Jesus is mad. There's a few times in scripture where Jesus is mad. This is one of those times it says he's indignant and he calls the children, and you may know it in old money, King James Version, suffer the little children. I don't think he was inviting them to suffer. He said, permit the little children to come to me. And Matthew says that he laid hands on them and blessed them. He didn't just lay a hand on them to be friendly and be nice. Matthew was making a particular point. He blessed them. And he was making a point to the disciples and the watching crowd. The children were valuable. The children were important. The children could receive the kingdom. In fact, he goes on to say to the disciples, unless you become like little children... You can't enter the kingdom of God. No, he's not inviting us to immaturity and childishness. But what he is inviting us to, the children will teach us about humility. They'll teach us about teachability. They're like sponges, aren't they? When you see the kids in little stars, you watch them watching other kids. You see them and you see how they take in. So if one's naughty, they say, oh, I'll follow that. Or if one's good, they'll, they'll follow that. Children are sponges around them. Eternal life is accessible to everyone 
regardless of age, regardless of gender, regardless of nationality, regardless of social status, regardless of bank balance. And that's why we believe in a community together. Today is part four of a series. The, the other three are on YouTube and we've put them in a playlist. It's this idea, just go back one please. It's this idea of making a spiritual shift because I, I believe God wants us to do that as individuals this year. I believe God wants us to do that as a church and he wants us to be, to be really rooted and grounded in him. That's been the theme of the fast. For those of you who are visitors, uh, we're finishing our 21-day fast today. So everyone will be making a rush <laughs> for the food afterwards. Relax, we'll give you instructions later. But in that, one of the things that we've talked about is Col from Colossians 2.7, that we're rooted and grounded in Him. Because God wants us to go deeper in Him. He doesn't want a superficial faith. He doesn't want a superficial experience of himself. He wants us to be rooted in him. He wants to take us deeper. And last week, we, we looked at this idea of what it means to have faith when Jesus cursed the fig tree and what he was trying to teach us from that. And I think the shift of faith means for us these things. We, we looked at it last week in more detail. It means bringing God's will and his kingdom on earth, not our whims. It's his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. It's not the other way around. It's expressed in faithfulness. You know, as a pastor, I hear many people say many things over years and they've made great declarations of faith, but I don't measure it by what people say. I measure it by people's faithfulness. Faith is the same word as faithfulness in the Bible. It's literally the same word that's translated. So if we are talking about faith, your faith is measured in faithfulness. That's how God sees it. It's for all the seasons of life. Because there are different seasons of life, aren't there? There are seasons where we weep. Ecclesiastes 3 says it. There's a time to born, a time to die, a time to weep, a time to rejoice, a time to heal. There's a time of grieving. All of those things are, are part of the normal part of life. And our faith is not just for the good times. On Friday night... Abiola Led is talking about the persecuted church and talking about how we need to pray in so many countries around the world. There's at least 50 countries in the world. Uh, the Open Doors has a world watch list where it's serious to be a Christian. I, I looked at two of the top 10 and their countries I'm going to this year. <laughs> so if you're not praying for me, you need to. <laughs> God doesn't seem to send me to nice places. It's, it's all the tough places. But that's part of what God wants to do in our life for all seasons. And Abraham is described as the father of faith. And this says, Abraham faced the fact that his body was as good as dead, but he did not waver in unbelief regarding the promise. But he trusted God. He trusted the God of the promise, but by facing the reality of the circumstances. So faith doesn't deny the reality of the circumstances. It doesn't pretend when we're hurting. It doesn't pretend when there are difficult circumstances. It acknowledges them fully, but still trusts God. That's real faith. Real faith is about hearing God's voice. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. But it's not just with our ears hearing, it's a spiritual discernment. Because man does not live by bread alone. Anyone else glad they're going to be getting some bread? I love my bread. But man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. 
So today we want to move on and, and look at this idea of how can we grow in faith and therefore lose some of these kind of limiting beliefs. Because see, that's the challenge, isn't it, for us? It's okay to say we're believing God, but our mindsets are often the things that need to shift. It's those limiting beliefs that are in our life. So I want to suggest three things to you this morning. Number one, we can grow in faith and lose our limiting beliefs when we identify them. When we identify them. That's the starting point. So ask yourself this question. Where do I consistently or repeatedly get stuck in my life? Just pause and think about that. Where do I consistently or repeatedly get stuck in life? Because we all have those habits. We all have those blockages. We all get to the point where it's crunch time, isn't it? We all have those limiting beliefs. So where do you repeatedly get stuck? You see, to me, that indicates where we need to change our thinking. That indicates where we have a mindset that needs to shift. And and don't beat yourself up about that because even the apostle Peter had to change. In Acts chapter 2, he gets this great revelation. The spirit and forgiveness is for everyone. Everyone that the Lord God will call. And he stands up and preaches and 3,000 people respond. Incredible. But it isn't until Acts chapter 10 and verse 34 when God pours the spirit out on Cornelius a Roman centurion Gentile, the Peter comes, he says this, I now realize that God does not show favoritism. Do you see the difference? He had the revelation that was for everyone, but he didn't have the realization between his ears until years later. And for some of you, you don't need a new revelation. You need a realization You need to shift your mindset. You need to look at what's blocking you and holding you back. You will know the story, many of you, of the children of Israel. And they're about to come to the promised land. And Joshua sends in the spies. Some of you know the the old song from uh, from Sunday school, the chorus. Twelve men went to spy in Canaan. No, ten were bad, two were good. What did they see when they spied in Canaan? Okay, well, we'll teach you that one someday. I thought somebody would have known that. Maybe that's just my upbringing. But they come back with a report, and 10 of them said this amazing statement in Numbers 13, verse 34. We were like grasshoppers in our own eyes and in theirs. And a whole generation missed the promises of God. They missed the inheritance, and that generation died out. Why? Because of their mindset. See, were there giants in the land? Of course there were. But God had already promised that he would give them the land. They still had battles to face, but God had promised them the land. But they came and he said, we are like grasshoppers in our own eyes. That's the problem. That's the starting point. It doesn't matter what other people think about you. That's secondary. It's what you think about yourself. It's where you place your identity. And if it's in your job, if it's in your car, if it's in your bank balance, if it's in your health, you're in trouble. Because none of us can guarantee those things. The only source of identity that's secure is in Christ. But if you're in Christ, it is secure. Colossians 3 says that. Our life is hidden with Christ in God. That's the double security that we have if we're in Christ. But for some of you, you need to let the Holy Spirit be your counselor. 
You don't need to pay for it. It's free with God. <laughs> it's a lot cheaper, and trust me, it's a lot quicker. Because when God speaks, he doesn't mess about. We know he speaks in an Irish voice anyhow. <coughs> but, but God doesn't have a debate with you. He doesn't have a discussion with you. Have you noticed that? He just gets right to it. And if you're open, and if you're willing, by the end of this message to say, Holy Spirit, show me my limiting beliefs. Show me my mindsets that are holding me back. Not the pastor, not the church, not the worship, not, not other people around me. Where my limiting beliefs are holding me back. The Bible says, Jesus says, that he will be your counselor and he will lead you into all truth. He will. He's a great counselor. But you have to be willing to listen to that. Some of you are locked in your pain. You're locked into your negativity and you need to begin to bring your thinking into line to what God says about you. Nothing's going to change. No preaching, no worship. It doesn't matter how many times someone prays for you. It doesn't matter if you fall down. It doesn't matter if you shake, rattle and roll. Nothing will change until your mindset changes. It's the truth. Because as a man thinks, come on. You need to bring your thinking in line with what God says about you. That's why Paul says, take every thought and make it captive. That's your battle. That's the struggle. That's real spiritual warfare. I wonder what you would identify as the mindsets and the limiting beliefs in Crawley. Bev and I were talking and preparing for this and thinking about this. And she said, oh, I, I know the answer for Crawley. She said, I've thought this for many, many years, even before we came to New Life. And from her experience working in Crawley, I think she's got a lot to say about this. She said, the three giants, the three limiting beliefs, the three areas where the enemy works in Crawley are domestic violence, substance abuse, and mental health. They're the three giants. They're the three things that limit people. I would want to add to that, I think, poverty or a poverty mindset. I think they're giants in the land in Crawley. And I think if we're going to be effective as a church, they're areas we want to continue to deal with. That's why we support CAP. That's why we do the bereavement course. That's why we've done Consigue Hope. That's why we're doing the things that we do because these are the areas God wants to be. That's a, an unholy trinity. Domestic violence, substance abuse, and mental health. But we have a trinity. Father, Son, and Holy, Holy Spirit. We have the Trinity. And in fact, the kingdom of God has a Trinity. Romans 14, 7, and Ron Canoli sang it, but he stole it from the Bible. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's the kingdom of God. That's the kingdom of God. That's what he wants to bring into our life. But if you're limited in your thinking, if you're limited in your belief, it doesn't matter how good the teaching is. It doesn't. It doesn't matter if, if we brought in Franklin Graham. It doesn't matter whoever your favorite preacher is. It doesn't matter because they will go away and you're still left with the space in between your ears. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully it's full of something, so be careful. I wasn't insulting anyone. You see, it even happened with Jesus. In Mark chapter 6, there's an incredible statement. It says that they were amazed at the teaching of Jesus. They were amazed. But the problem with amazement is it doesn't always lead to action. 
It doesn't. You can be amazed at someone's teaching. You can go, wow, that's great. I really like that. But it not change your life. Because that's what happened in Mark chapter 6. Because as they're listening to him, they're beginning to say, he's not a proper rabbi. He's never been to rabbinic school. He's never been to the established. He's not legitimate. Who does he think he is? We know his father and mother. Yeah, there's a bit of history there, isn't there? And suddenly they, they begin to downplay Jesus and they don't recognize him. And their, their mindsets and their beliefs are limited. And it goes on to say, Mark 6 verses 5 and 6. He could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. Listen to this. He was amazed at their lack of faith. <laughs> he said, I think Peter, who probably dictated to Mark, is making a point here. They're amazed at his teaching, but he's amazed at their lack of faith. So they're going, wow. But their amazement didn't lead them to believe and appreciate and honor who he is. Their amazement didn't lead to action. It didn't lead to change. It didn't lead to transformation. And that can happen to us as well, even if Jesus speaks to us. Because it happened. They didn't believe. Here's a phrase I want you to think about. The miracle is in the mind shift. Mind shift. The miracle is in the mind shift. If you're prepared to shift your mind, then I believe we'll experience more of that miracle. Because sometimes what we do is we're, we're looking for a quick fix. We're looking for that moment, God, you just do it. And sometimes God's wanting us to shift. God's wanting our mindset to shift. And that opens up the door to the possibilities of what God can do. Sometimes things have to change in us. How do I know that's true? Because it's what scripture says. Romans 12 verse 2. Many of you will know it. Romans 12 verse 1, what does it say? Therefore I urge you, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. And then it goes on to say, and be transformed by the renewing of your mind. My version, the NLT version says, let God change the way you think. Come on, some of you need to hear that today. Stop looking out there somewhere. Let God change the way you think. And then maybe you're ready for your miracle. Then maybe things will change because it's inside change. Paul says in Ephesians 2, be made new in the attitude of your mind. Ephesians 4, verses 22, 24. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds. And to put on your new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. That's God's plan. That's God's will for you. But it will not happen unless you have a new attitude in your mind. That's the transformation of the gospel. It begins when we give our lives to him. But God intends that that transformation process continues. The Bible word for that is sanctification. It means that we're growing in Christ-likeness. It means we're growing to be more like him. The miracle, I believe, is in the mindset shift. Number two, we can grow in faith and lose our limiting beliefs when we assume responsibility for our own life. Recently, I watched a series by a therapist, a series of webinars, 
we've been doing the bereavement course and I, I wanted to read up uh, and get more information a little bit about trauma because we know grief can be traumatic at times depending on the circumstances. And so um, a couple of us in the church began to listen to this webinar and, and talk to him. And it was interesting what he was saying. Not everything I would ag agree with, but there was a lot of stuff that I thought, if he was a Christian, he would be quoting the Bible at this point. Because it was just so much truth. And truth is truth wherever it comes from. He was speaking truth. And then he, he mentioned the book. His book is called, It's Not Your Fault. And I, I kind of winced at that, I have to be honest, because I thought, is he going to go down the line where we're blaming our dog, our mother-in-law, our boss, and all? It's not your fault. And I thought, do you know what? That can give people a get-out clause for not taking personal responsibility. Oh, it's not your fault. There, there, there. Well, and it, but he went on to say a phrase. He says, it's not your fault, but if you're an adult, it is your responsibility. It's not your fault, but it is your responsibility. In other words, the things that may have happened to you that caused you trauma and pain and heartache may not be your fault. It may be the result of someone else's sin. It may be the result of someone else's brokenness. And it may not be your fault, but it is your responsibility as an adult to deal with it. We're all a product of our environment, aren't we? We are. Even best parents, even Philip and Amara have made mistakes and will make mistakes with a little one. Peace. I don't know if you've made any mistakes, but I'm assuming you have because you're human. We make mistakes, don't we? So even if you have had the best parent in the, in the world, there'll still be stuff you'll have to resolve, won't there? Because we live in a broken, fallen world. We all make mistakes. We all get things wrong. We are responsible for our own attitude and actions. We cannot always choose our circumstances, but we can choose our attitude. So it may not be your fault. And one of the things we believe as a church, we want to be a refuge for people. That's why we do the courses that we do. That's why we do the teaching we do. That's why we want you to come to a place of healing and wholeness. And we'll do everything in our power if you take your responsibility to work with us. To get to a place of healing and wholeness. But we can't choose to do that for you. You have to choose to take responsibility for your own life. Even with the fasting. Daniel chapter 1. Daniel took responsibility. Daniel chapter 1 verse 8 says that Daniel resolved not to devile himself. Isn't that a great idea? That even in the fast, he didn't want to take the food that had been offered to the idols he didn't want to defile himself, so he said to the guy, listen, I'll, I'll take vegetables and water for 10 days, and you come back and see how well I am. I don't want the king's food. And he came back, and it says that he was better. So Daniel started this lifestyle, really, of Daniel fasting. And then later in Daniel, he went into this 21 days. But Daniel resolved. Some of you need to resolve to take personal responsibility. That we're happy to pray for you. We're happy to stand alongside of you. But sometimes we're going to challenge you and say, this is your responsibility. This is the breakthrough that you need to get. We'll pray for you. We'll stand with you. But it's your responsibility. Don't ex make excuses. Don't rationalize. Don't blame it on your parents, husband, children, dog, boss, whoever else you think's to blame for the problems in your life. 
Don't take personal responsibility because even when Jesus was de- dealing with people and healing, he made them take personal responsibility. John 5 verse 8, he goes to the man and he starts a conversation and he discovers that the man had been there 38 years. Why have you not been healed by now? Oh, uh, well, someone, someone always gets there before we. There's no, can you hear the excuses? Can you hear the rationalizations? Why? Because he had made his identity in a sickness. He'd been there so long, he didn't know anything else. He was stuck. So Jesus says to him, get up, pick up your mat, and go. <laughs> now that's not very pastorally sensitive, is it? Come on. If I said that to a cripple, you would go, Ooh. come on, be honest. But because it's Jesus, it's okay. Now, come on, let's, let's look past the surface of scripture. Sometimes there has to be those challenges say, no, you get up, get up, get up. That's a word for some of you today. Get up and take responsibility. Get up and stop blaming the, the vicar or the pastor or the leaders or whoever. Stop it. That's my philosophy of counseling, Mike. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> but seriously, this is what Jesus said. And John, you think it was a one-off? <laughs> John chapter 9, a man born blind, what does he do? He makes mud. And he says, now go and wash in the pool of Siloam. When did that man get his healing? When he did what Jesus said. When he took responsibility. He didn't get the healing when he met Jesus. He had to get up and go to the pool to wash. And then it says that he was healed. Folks, there's something about our personal responsibility. That if we're going to get our healing. That if we're going to get our breakthrough. We have to take it for ourselves. Amen. I believe in the ministry of healing. I believe in deliverance. I believe God does some stuff. As many of you know, we'll be heading to Pakistan and, and Sri Lanka soon. And we always see God work in these circumstances, always. So I'm open to this. In fact, this year, part of our plans is that May, some of you will remember, a guy called John Scott. He's from the Vineyard Church in Glasgow. He's coming down to do a weekend for us on healing deliverance in the kingdom of God. I believe in this stuff. I believe God can help us, but not if we don't take personal responsibility. (laughs) Not not if we are not involved in it as well. So I'm encouraging you when we have those times, when we have those special meetings, that you come with your heart that's prepared and ready and that you're taking personal responsibility to say, I'm going to seek God. I'm going to meet with God and allow him to do what he wants to do in my life. Amen. Thirdly, we can grow in faith and lose our limiting beliefs when we believe we can change. We have to believe we can change. The good news is that's the heart of the gospel. If any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. Doesn't mean suddenly we're perfect. It doesn't mean to say that everything's going to be sorted, but we come into a new created order in which we can begin to change. We talked last week about the fruit of the Spirit, and one of the fruits of the Spirit is faithfulness. Love, joy, peace, gentleness, goodness, self-control, faithfulness. Against such things there is no law. 
So there's no law stopping us change. <laughs> because the law of the spirit of life, Romans 8 says, makes us more like Jesus. So don't tell me you can't change. There's no law against you changing. In fact, the Bible has a different law. It's the law of the spirit of life that says you can change. There's always hope for your circumstances. There's always hope for transformation. There's always hope for change. And you start, have to start canceling your subscription to the negative club. Some of you have a monthly, some of you have a weekly subscription to the negative club. Because you're saying things like, I can't, I shouldn't, I won't. And then you wonder why it's difficult for you to receive. Honestly. James says it very clearly. Don't doubt because the man who doubts is unstable in all his ways. If you're wavering in that unbelief, let not that man think he will receive anything from God. We have to cancel our subscription to the negative club. And that's not just about saying positive things because we actually have to believe it. <laughs> that's the challenge. It's not just enough to say positive things. You know, it, it, was it... What's that one, The Wizard of Oz? I'm the, I'm the, where she clicks her heels three times. I'm going to go home, I'm going to go home, I'm going to go home. It's more than just a positive belief. We have to believe it in our hearts. If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you'll be saved. So it's both. Norman Vincent Peale is, a, is an author, and he wrote the book, You Can If You Think You Can. You can if you think you can. See, the reverse is also true. If you think you can't, it's just the truth. You can't if you think you can't. And one time he was in the Far East and he, he was walking uh, during the streets waiting for a meeting to start. And he, he was able to identify some of the characters. And he noticed that one of the tattoos that was advertised was basically translated, I'm a loser. And he thought, that's strange. So he went in, and, and the guy didn't speak a lot of English, but in broken English, he said to him, why would anyone have this tattoo? Why would they put that on their body? And the guy said to him, before on body, in the head. You see, before we identify those things externally, it's our mindset. It's what we already believe in our heads. We need to change some of our beliefs. Paul in Philippians 13 says one of those famous verses, I can do all things. So we can change. We can move on. Christ can give us the strength. And, and, and just for context, because we always believe in looking at the context, because if you take a Bible out of its, a verse out of its context, you're left with a pretext and then you go off on a tangent. So look at the verses surrounding that. And in the verses surrounding that, Paul says, I've learned how to live when there's not much. I've learned how to live in need. I've learned how to live when there's plenty. In all the circumstances, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And Paul's writing from prison when he says it. No satellite TV and a snooker table. He's writing from a Roman dungeon. But he says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And not only that, when he writes in 2 Corinthians 12, from his own experience, he says, a, a messenger of Satan came to torment me. And I prayed to God, don't let her take those, oh, don't let her take those, please. 
come, come back to God. And he says, Lord, would you take this away from me? And God says, no, I'm, I'm not going to take it away from you. My grace is sufficient. For my power is made perfect in your weakness. Do you ever feel weak? Do you ever feel you can't make it? Do you ever feel like giving up? Do you ever feel I've had enough? Do you ever feel like quitting? Well, join the rest of humanity. (laughs) Join the rest of the Bible at times. But his grace is sufficient. We can change. We can grow. So I'm convinced this year that, that God wants to birth something in New Life Church. I'm convinced of it. That's why we're asking you to step up. That's why we're asking for a commitment. But it's not so we have a bless me club. It's not so we come and say, oh, that was really nice. Oh, I really like that. It's that we might demonstrate the kingdom of God. Jesus went around preaching, teaching, and healing. And in that, he's proclaiming the kingdom of God, Matthew 4, 23. That's what we're here to do. We're not here to build church. We're here to build the kingdom, the kingdom of God. So here's a question as we begin to close. Where do you need to have a spiritual shift in your faith and in your limiting beliefs? Now I've got my own, so don't answer for me. <laughs> Where do you need to have a spiritual shift in your faith and your limiting beliefs? How do we move forward with that? I've never watched it, but I believe in the Frozen movie, there's a line that says, do the next right thing. (laughs) See, sometimes we get paralyzed because we think, oh, I don't know what to do. What's God saying? Let me make it simple for you folks today. Do the next right thing. (laughs) It's easy, isn't it? Who said, wow? Somebody said, wow, I'll take it. Because it's wow, because it's simple, isn't it? In your life, it's not about listening to the preaching. It's not about enjoying it. It's not about enjoying the worship. It's not about enjoying the meal. Anyone hungry yet? What's the next right thing for you to do? And there's a question, I think, that goes alongside that. Who are you going to tell about that to keep you accountable? Because we can make all sorts of resolutions and promises, can't we? We can have all sorts of things. But unless you tell someone, unless you ask someone to keep you accountable, we, we, we naturally a trophy. We naturally go to inertia. We naturally, come on, it's not even the end of January and some of us have given up on our resolutions. It's just human nature. Ask someone to keep you accountable. So I want you to bow your heads. I want you to pause. I want you to take seriously this word because as we know in this church, I'm not preaching for information. I'm preaching for transformation. I'm looking for life change. I expect life change. I don't expect you to go out of here and forget this message. I expect you to respond to what the Spirit of God is saying to you. I expect transformation and change. So for you, what's the next right thing to do? What's the next right thing? And who are you going to share it with to keep you accountable?
Father, we thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for the truth, the understanding, the insight it brings into our lives. Lord, you want us to grow. You want us to grow deeper into you. But so often, Father, it's those limiting beliefs that hold us back. Holy Spirit, would you be our teacher? Would you be our counselor? Would you be our guide? Would you help us identify today and this week those limiting beliefs that hold us back from your plans, from your purposes, that we would take that personal responsibility to do the next right thing in our life. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. And as James says, don't just be a hero of the word. Be a doer. In a couple of moments, Kerry's going to come and lead us, but I have to show you something that I think is hilarious. Uh, I saw it on social media and put it together. I, I'm, I'm tempted to make it this uh, our, I've called it Baby Beats. I'm tempted to make this our dedication theme tune. Do, do you know as couples, you, you, you probably have our tune. Maybe it was your, your first dance at your wedding. Maybe it was when you saw them over the dance floor. Maybe, was, I don't know what it was. Maybe you have something that's your tune. Well, for parents, maybe this baby beats can be the, the theme of dedication. So thank you guys. If you can't laugh at that, check you got a pulse. <laughs> Come on, Kerry. It's really difficult to follow that, but I'll try. <laughs> so obviously we're here for a really special occasion as well as coming to worship God. We're also here because we've got two babies that we really welcome, want to welcome into our church family. So if Peace and Alan could come up, obviously with Tiana as well. Yeah. And Philip and Amara, if you can come up, it's lovely to see you. And you should have a baby somewhere. Hand the baby back. <laughs> Listen, Kerry, I'm sorry, I have to say this. I wasn't going to, but do, did you notice that someone broke a cardinal rule? What was that? Uh, her name's Benny. Oh, yeah, and yeah. she really publicised it yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah. So the rule is... With new babies, there's a pecking order. Cuddles first to me, then to Carrie, then you line up after that, all right? Benny broke that cardinal rule. So where are you, Benny? Are you hiding in shame? Yes, I think so. So you should. No food for Benny today. Come on up, guys. 
Come on, don't be shy. I'll take him. Oh, I'll take him for now. Because <laughs> this is my first cuddle. I know I have to look at them every week. Huh? I know. Come on, guys. Come and join Abraham us. Abraham and Jonathan and Jesse, if you can come up as well so you're ready. Hello. High five. High five. Okay, so Peace and Alan, Philip and Amara, and all your family and friends that are here to celebrate with you today, wow. and also those people good, that guys. are watching online. We're really pleased to welcome you for the dedication of your children. So if you could just introduce your children for us. I've got the microphone. So Philip, if you'd like to just tell us. Um, he is Jenai. That means him who God always answers. And he is Daniel's as well. God has vindicated me. And his Igbo name is Jidenna. Hold firm unto God. Thank you. Peace, Sir Alan, who's going to introduce? <laughs> Ladies first. Uh, she is called Eliza, which means joy. Tiana Tirwani. Fantastic. Oh, she wants a microphone. <laughs> She's going to sing. Do baby beats. <laughs> I'll take that from you. Thank you. So, we are here because we want to honor you as parents and honor you as you recognize God as the giver of life for your two gorgeous children. <laughs> um, Peace and Alan and Philip and Amara, you're coming today to say that as their parents, you are making a promise. And the promise that you're making is to do your very best to bring T Tiana and Janai up in a way that teaches them about God in their words and in your example. Peace, Alan, Philip and Amara, you recognize the need that you need to rely on God's help to be able to do this. And as a church family, we're also coming together to offer our support. You don't have to do it on your own. And we're here to pray for you and as Tiana and Janai as well, that you will all know God's blessing on you as you bring up your children. We know that God really highly values children. And we know that because Jesus modeled it. And the two readings that we're going to have now will show that Jesus valued children. So, Abraham, have you got your reading? No. I've done this before. It's a bit small. Can you read it? Do I read all of it? That one. Then Jesus took a small child and stood the child in front of the followers. He held the child in the arms and said, whoever accepts children like these in my name is accepting me and anyone who accepts me is also accepting the one who sent me. Fantastic, thank you. So Jesus showed that children are really, really important. And Jonathan and Jesse, you hiding? Who's going first? Love God, your God, with your whole heart. Love him with all that's in you. Love him with all you've got. 
Write these commandments that I've given you today on your hearts. Get them inside of you and get them inside of your children. Talk about them wherever you are, sitting at home or walking in the street. Talk about them from the time you get up in the morning to when you fall into bed at night. Fantastic. So we feel that it's really important that you're basically talking Jesus into the life of your children all the time. So it's time for you now to um, say, thanks, Bev, say your promises. And it's not difficult. You just need to say, I will, after everything that I say. So the first thing that we're going to ask you, Peace and Alan and Philip and Amara, will you teach Tiana and Janai the truth so that as they grow older, they realize the love of God the Father and the possibility of them coming into a personal relationship with God from themselves through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Will you try and conduct your own lives so that by your words and your examples, Tiana and Janai will learn to live with joy and harmony and with Christian values? And do you promise to share with Tiana and Janai, all the understanding of God's love that you have, and with God-given wisdom and ability, ensure that you participate in looking after their physical and their spiritual welfare. Fantastic. And then what's really important is that you realize that you're not on your own, because we really value children here. So children, you need to take part in this as well, because you've got a huge part in making sure that Janai and Tiana grow up knowing God. By demonstrating, you can show them who Jesus is. So shall we stand as a church family? So church family, do you acknowledge, along with the parents, our responsibility to care for the spiritual and physical well-being of all our children? Do you seek by word and example to encourage them to experience salvation through faith in Jesus alone, and to take their place as active members of his church. Fantastic. If you stay standing, because we're going to have some prayers now for you, so I think Sarika and family are going to come up, and you're going to come and pray for peace and family, and Sophie and family are going to come up, and you're going to come and pray for Philip and family. So Marceline, you're coming up, and Marilyn, wherever she's disappeared. And if you can go through and pray for... Philip. Brilliant. I'll pass you the microphone and you can join in. And then, obviously, as a church family, we can all reach out our hands towards them and say our own prayers as well. So, Sue, if you go first and then you can. Dear Lord Jesus, even as we come to you, Lord, we thank you, Jesus, for this beautiful children today, Lord. We pray, Lord Jesus, and we bring them to you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that they are rewards from you, Lord. Thank you for the precious gifts that you've given us, Lord. In our challenging times, Lord, we bring them to you, Lord, and we pray. Give us wisdom, Lord. Give Amen. peace and Amara wisdom, Lord, to bring up these children, Lord. Give their dads wisdom, Lord, to bring them up, Lord, according to your way, Lord. I pray, Lord Jesus, for us as a 
judge, Lord. I pray, Father God, that you give us wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, Lord, to bring these children up, to help moms, Lord, give the moms advice, Lord, when things are not right, Lord, godly advice, Lord, and we bring them to you, Lord, and we pray, Lord Jesus, that you be with them, Lord, grow them up in your way, Lord, that they will fear you, Lord, that they will walk in your ways, Lord, all the days of their lives, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Um, um, peace and Amara. Um, I think it said somewhere in the Bible, a mother is the most. Uh, I think in in my in my term, a mother is the um, number one um, example to their children. It's not it's not disrespect to the dads, but. Um, Peace and Amara, you hold the banner for these children. Dear Lord, we thank you for this moment. Because you said where there's two or three gathered in your name, you're in their midst. Father, we thank you for you here. We dedicate our children, Tiana and Janai. We thank you, Lord, for these gifts of life. We thank you for their precious to us as a church body. We thank you for their precious to Peace and Alan, Amar and Philip. For each day, Father, that they wake up, they would thank you for the greatness in their lives. We thank you, Lord. We come here tonight, today to celebrate dedicating our children. And we honor you, Lord, for their lives. We cannot predict their future. We cannot predict their tomorrow. But by your grace, with you, Lord, you will guide the parents. You will put a shield for these children to grow and know you better. May you be their guiding light. May you be their lamp upon their feet. I thank you, Lord, for these families. I thank you for the church family. We are ready to support them. Give us the strength. Give us the knowledge, the guidance, that when they are weak, they'll remember us and they'll come back to us for encouragement, for support. We thank you. We, we honor you, my Father. We thank you, Lord. These two are so precious to us. Tiana and Janai, you are blessed. Tiana and Janai, you are blessed. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for you here today. Bless our children that are in our midst. Bless all the other children that are not being dedicated today. May you guide the parents to know you better and to bring your children in the way of the Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name we prayed. Amen. Amen. Just one more final blessing. Founding pastor of this church, Mike Tapp, is going to come and speak a blessing as well. And the worship team will get ready for final song. Our gracious Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank you for this joyous occasion. We come to you with praise and thanksgiving. Lord, as a great grandfather, 
Lord, I share the empathy and the love for these these children today. Lord, whilst our world we're living in, in unprecedented times, when children and babies have become the hindmost of the devil himself. The things we read and hear, Lord, we're not here to put on a show today. We are here to proclaim our faith and the future and the prophetic word over these dear children. We come against the vulnerability of our children today in our schools, in our institutions. Lord, they are your future genealogy. We come against all this stuff. Lord, we confess as a church, we have failed you in this area. In the name of Jesus Christ, we come to you in the power of the Spirit of the living God today. Lord, you said our children would be like olive trees around our table. Lord, make these children olive trees, flexible, resilient. Lord, the glory of an olive tree that sparkles in the storms with its shades of glory, of grey, and the leaves shimmering in the wind and not a broken branch. Lord, I know because I had 20 olive trees. And Lord, did I enjoy the produce of those olive trees. Lord, let these parents enjoy the produce of their olive branches. You said that they would be olive branches around their trees. And Lord, around their tables. And not only that, Lord, you said they would be arrows. Hallelujah. Bless them as arrows. Lord, may they have the ability to offend. Hallelujah. In righteousness, we pray. To stand up for the faith. Lord, in the name of Jesus, give every one of these children faith today as you did Moses, as you did, Lord, the children of old. Father, they're your heritage. Father, they're your belonging. And they're our responsibility. Thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ for this family today. And Lord, as you've blessed this church, as you've blessed it through the years, bless them, we pray, in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Give them longevity. Give them peace. The olive branch is a source of peace. Hallelujah. It's a source of plenty. Hallelujah, in the name of Jesus Bless them today, we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Thank you. You may, you may be seated. Lord bless you guys. Good to see you. Looking fine, boys. I'll give this one. I, I think this is the quietest dedication we have ever had. So I don't know if they're full of cowpaw or, or what it is. I don't know if you drugged them up before you came, but... Thank you very much. Well done. Lord bless you. Please have a seat so the worship team can come and, and join us. God bless you, Alan. So, worship team, if you want to come, we're going to sing uh, a final song. Uh, it may be new to some of you. Uh, it's newer to some of our worship team. It's called Praise Adonai. 
and then after that I'll come back and give instructions about how we're going to do the food, setting up the tables and all of that. Okay? So you ready to sing again? Ready to get on your feet? Well done, Sina. Excellent. Yes, we do have some dedication certificates for the guys that we'll, we'll give to you. So if you want to give one to peace as well. Thank you. So let's stand together as we conclude with our final song.
Fantastic. Why did you take your seats for a moment? I'll just run through some instructions. The team will probably sing this again in a minute. So just as we're getting organized. So we'll need a little bit of help uh, in a minute just with setting up all the tables at the back um, so we can get the food uh, set out. Just also to say, if things get a little bit cramped in here, we will be open up, opening up the other building. There's chairs uh, and soft seats and stuff. If you want somewhere that's quieter, then that may be a good place for you. Just in terms of the arrangements, can I say that guests will go first so this is to our own folks. Guests will go first. So if you can hold back, please, then that would be really helpful. Um, and when you're, you're going, there's going to be a lot of food, but there's also a lot of people. So can I ask, particularly if, if you're serving, not everyone needs to get every single dish, okay? So they can take a selection, and they can always go back. So please, can I ask you to be respectful and not to cram your plate with every single dish first time round. No, I'm serious, I, I will get cross if I see that, um, especially for those who are own people. Be mindful, be respectful that there's people behind you who may want a choice. So fill up on, on what you need to, but not every dish and leave for others as well. And for servers, if you see a dish that's already full, Send them away, and they can come back, all right? Nicely, of course, Lisa, but send them away. Parents, please be aware of your kids at all times. That's a busy road out there, uh, and it can get a little bit muddy out there as well, so please be aware. You're responsible for your kids at all times, okay? So be mindful of that and know what they're doing. Um, is there anything else that we need to cover in terms of that? Yeah, we'll talk about clear up afterwards, but Ian, why don't you come and say a prayer of grace and, and bless the food. Uh, the guys will lead us in another song and then we'll set up at the back. Thank you. Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for today. Uh, we thank you, Lord, for this gathering. Pray, Lord, that you'll just bless us now as we uh, partake of our food. Thank you, Lord, for the hands that made it. And we just want to bless and praise you for who you are. Just bless us this day and this evening, Lord, I pray in your precious name. Amen. So there are chairs at the back. Sue, I'm sure, will get you organized. Uh, so there's tables that need to go up right at the back. So if the guys are there standing, um, Ian, why don't you go and begin to get them organized? Tondurai, if you get some of the, the, the tables up, stack some of the chairs to begin with. Uh, the guys will lead us in this song as well. If you want to stand up and move your chair around, then that would be great. Bless you.
celebration Come for to show his excellence All I require for life God has given me And I know who I am I know who God says I am What he says I am Where he says I'm at I know who I am I know who God says I am What he says I am chosen generation called for to show his excellence all I require for life God has given me and I know who I am I know who God says I am what he says I am where he says I'm at I know who I am I know who God says I am what he says I am where he says I'm at I know who I am I am what he says I am. Where he says 
Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope that you enjoyed the teaching. We'd love to hear from you, so please contact us. All the details can be found on our website. God bless.